from Wisconsin Public Radio. This is Newsmakers. I'm Ezra Wall. Uh, it's obviously uh, we're we're on Friday morning here on Newsmakers, looking ahead to next week, which is National Library Week. Uh, all across the country. And to celebrate, we are joined by three different libraries, uh, representatives of three different libraries in our listening area. We have Heather Miller here from the La Crosse Public Library. We have Jessica Schoonover from the Shirley M. Wright Memorial Library in Trempolo, and Maggie Strittmatter from the McIntosh Memorial Library in Viroqua. Thank you all for being here today. I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation, uh, but just by way of introducing your facilities to everyone, let's start by just talking about uh, each of of your libraries. Heather, we'll start we'll start with you. The La Crosse Public Library has a few different branches, and and we've had uh, Barry and others on the show before talking about some of the different things. But if you could give just sort of the thirty thousand foot view of what the La Crosse Public Library uh, does in our community, I'd appreciate it. Sure, absolutely. Yes, we do have three locations here in the city of La Crosse. We have our main branch on Main Street, which is our flagship facility, and we have two branches on our north and south side for our community neighborhoods. Um, at a 30,000 foot level, um, we offer so many things to our community, um, so much more than just you know, traditional books that you would check out. We have digital resources, we have a creation space, um, we just have so many opportunities here at the library for our community to engage with. And so we're so glad to be here today and share more about that with folks. Thanks, Heather. Appreciate it. Jessica Schoonover is is with the the Shirley M. Wright Memorial Library in Trempolo. Jessica, tell us what makes your uh what what makes your branch tick. Oh well thank you, Ezra. Thanks for having me. I'm really honored to be here. Um libraries are fantastic and we're really the fabric of our communities. And here in Tremplow, that is very true. Um, we're a small community, about 1,900 people in our village. And we have this beautiful 7,600 square foot library for all to use. Um, we um, care very deeply about our community. We work hard to make connections with um, those that live here and those in the surrounding areas, knowing that um, you know, this day and age, it can be a little bit hard to connect with people, and that's what we try to do here. Uh, we're known as, as a very friendly library. Um, when you walk in the door, you will um, see one of our smiling faces, and we are so happy to have you here. That sounds wonderful. Thank you, Jessica. Maggie Strittmatter is uh, is with the McIntosh Memorial Library in Viroqua. And uh, Maggie, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about what makes the Macintosh Library special. Well, similarly to what uh, Jessica said, we are a rural library, a little bit bigger than Trempolo, um, at about 4,500 people here in Viroqua. Um, but we tend to not only be the library in the standard way, but a community center. Uh, we do not have one of those in our city. Um, and so our library kind of becomes that location where people gather, where people um, learn new things through, through reading and through our programs. Um, and it's really just a safe space for all to come and enjoy and learn. You, you talked about the community center aspect of the library. And even, um, even without the official uh, moniker of that at other libraries, like like libraries are a real hub for our communities. 
Um, and there, and yet there are these, there's obvious etiquette involved in visiting the library. Uh, you know, you don't want to walk up right behind somebody and carry on a loud conversation or anything like that. But like, we all have the, these stereotypes that are, that are portrayed humorously in media, uh, where, you know, people get hollered at and shushed and, uh, and everything for, you know, asking a question or even speaking out loud, like, but, but talk about creating, uh, creating that welcoming atmosphere in in a library, Maggie. Since you are uh, on a more official basis, kind of a, acting as a community center in your area, uh, like how do you how do you what do you do to intentionally welcome people in uh, a space where they might be used to being you know shushed, shushed and shoved into a corner? Yeah, I can definitely say that that is a stereotype that we do not practice here, um, and it's really reflected in our youth space, which is kind of right at the forefront of our library. Um, you hear kids playing, you hear kids laughing. Um, and so it's not a designated quiet space. Now, if that is something that you are looking for at a library, we do still encourage a more quiet space back in our adult section. So we do try to cater to kind of both ends of that. Um, we have seating areas all over. So if you enjoy hearing children playing and laughing or um, enjoying themselves or having a louder conversation, uh, it is totally okay for you to come and sit in our seating area, which actually faces an aviary so we've got some birds chirping along with you oh wow yeah. right right there in the library an aviary right there in the library that is cool. uh, yes and they are lovely um and if you would rather have a quiet conversation uh people would be able to sit in our adult section where it's expected to be a little bit more quieter again this idea of it being absolutely silent is just not realistic because we're people and we like to make connections. <laughs> so that's kind of how we can kind of cater to both while still um, making it welcoming for everyone. Jessica, you talked about your community being like four, 1,400 people or something like that. You, Your your library, it's, it seems, would be an important part of connecting all those people with the broader world. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, um, we're close to to 1900 now in the village of Trumplow, but okay. we serve, yep, that's okay. We serve a community of townships that um, are around us. So, you know, our service population is close to 3000 people, um, you know, and Ezra, I think you have a really exciting opportunity here on your show to finally put to rest that inaccurate representation, like Megan just talked about, <laughs> that we are here to shush you with our cardigans on. I mean, I love cardigans, but we're here to shush you with our car <laughs> cardigans on, and this is not a place for you to um, make any noise or have any fun. Um, so th that's exciting for newsmakers, I would say. You can you can end that right now. I say but yes, so. the, the <laughs> The idea of um, being a community center and being a place where people know, in, like in our community, I just had a situation yesterday where um, an elderly woman came in. She knew that this was a place to come. She um, received something in the mail that um, was letting her know that she could win a large sum of money. And what wow. she needed to do was go onto the computer and enter in some information for her to try to win this large sum of money. 
I'm so glad she came to the library to talk to me about that and my staff. Yes. Um, we gent- yeah, we gently um, let her know that this isn't something that she's going to want to do. Certainly, she doesn't know how to use the computer, and she was asking for our help, which we would help her. But I had the opportunity to sit down with her and let her know that her um, private information needs to stay private. And putting this information into a website and trying to win this money was probably more of a scam than anything else. And I think that is a great example of the work that we do here every single day in our community. Heather Miller uh, is with the La Crosse Public Library. Heather, Jessica is talking about uh, somebody who was able to use the resources available at the library really in, in, in a potentially really important way to uh, to sort of keep a big part of their life, their their financial security, going in in the right direction. How often do you see that in Lacrosse, where people come into the library um, to 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 uh, either get information about uh, about a, a specific thing, or or maybe to use the library as as a tool of more than just like the place where the books are. Absolutely. Every single day here at the Lacrosse Public Library, um, we are very proud to offer our welcoming spaces and to be there to help folks for whatever need they might be encountering um, on a day-to-day basis. So whether that's technology help, whether that's coming in to meet with our licensed social worker for community resources, finding housing, job searches, um, you name it, we're happy to provide it here at the library. That's amazing. Um, I'm I'm thinking of uh, of like when when I was a kid uh, coming to the library and and flipping through all those card catalogs and trying to find the specific book that I that I wanted uh, and and sometimes it was there and sometimes it was not. Usually, if it wasn't there, there was there was something else on the subject matter or or what have you. But I, I want to talk about. Um, all the different options that are available to people, like if they go to the library looking for a specific thing, uh, they they don't necessarily f- find exactly what they're working for, looking for. Maybe the specific title they want isn't there, or maybe like there's you know one book on their subject matter of choice, and they're looking for really half a dozen things to really get them down a new informational path. What do they do then? Let's uh, let's uh, go to you, Maggie, and and, and start there. What happens? when the library doesn't have exactly what you're looking for? Well, there's definitely several things that can happen. Um, First and foremost, we love to find uh, the exact thing that somebody is looking for. And we are very fortunate to be a part of the Winding Rivers library system and the consortium that allows us to kind of share our catalogs um, across many libraries. So if our copy is not in our library, chances are somebody else has one that perhaps is available and we are able to basically like order it from that library to then come to our library in Viroqua and they can pick up that book at a later date, which it usually takes a couple days to like a week um, to come. So that would definitely uh, be something I would look to do for that patron um, is to get the exact thing they're looking for. Um, If they're like, I need something in this library right now, I don't have time, my paper's due tomorrow type of thing, Um, we are able to basically ask some informative questions um, and kind of dig a little deeper on what exactly are they looking for? What is the topic? What subtopic is there? And what are similar things so that we can look 
um, for those materials, either by name or by genre or um, by something similar. So if it's nonfiction, because they're looking to talk about the state of Vermont, um, we would be able to look at that, have a section in our nonfiction that's specifically about Vermont and say, here are all the books that have to do with the states in the United States of America. So there's a couple ways that we can uh, definitely do that for them. And hopefully we find what they're looking for. You mentioned being part of the Winding Rivers library system. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, are all of your libraries part of the Winding Rivers library system? I, th I think uh, uh, Trempolo is and Lacrosse La is at least the library card I had when I was five said Winding Rivers Library System on it. So I, I think that's the case. Let me ask, let me ask this. If, if, I, uh, if I go, the La Crosse Public Library happens to be, uh, I live in La Crosse and, and that's, that's where I go most of the time. If I were to head into one of those other branches, would I be able to use my library card in, for example, Jessica's branch or Maggie's? Yeah, I, um, you certainly can. So your card that you would receive um, at any of our libraries in the Winding Rivers Library System can be used at any library. It is important to know, Ezra, that um, each library is independent of the others, um, with the exception, I know La Crosse has North and South. Mm -hmm. um, um, La Crosse County has um, some county branches, but Viroqua isn't a branch of another library, and I'm not a branch of another library. We are independent. Um, so the 34 libraries, I think, that are in the Winding Rivers library system definitely share our resources across the libraries. Um, that means that with your library card, you can come into Trempolo. I can access your account. Um, we can get you items and send items home with you. And then when you're in La Crosse, um, because that's your home base, you can return those items there. Um, so we really care about the ease of our users. We don't want to provide um, hoops for you to jump through. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to use our resources. I always like to say, it's your library. These are your resources. Come and use them. We can make it easy for you. Heather, we were talking earlier about uh, how to look through uh how to get help looking through the the stacks and and finding that needle in a haystack um or needle in a book stack I guess as it were um but what what if uh what if what I need to complete my my research or whatever is something that's uh, in an academic journal that you that you don't have or or some other kind of periodical or uh, something that really just has to be gotten from another library or accessed in some other way online. What resources uh, do you have available in, in La Crosse to help people with that? Yeah, that's a great question, Ezra. We do offer what's called interlibrary loan. So in addition to our seven-county Winding Rivers library system, we can reach out to libraries across the country, and we share resources back and forth. And it's all free of charge with your La Crosse Public Library or Winding Rivers library system card. So that's a service where you would just put in a request. And if we're not able to acquire that book or that journal article at a local level, um, we'll go out to outside of the region, outside of the state, sometimes even outside of the country to get that piece of information that you're looking for. That's interesting. So um, interlibrary loan, I, in my head, I thought of this question uh, just now that, that like w wondering what, what's sort of the, the uh, farthest afield place you've ever had to order something from interlibrary loan. Maybe we'll come back to that and give you, 
give you time to think about it. Uh, right now, I'll just remind people that we're talking to representatives of three of our area public libraries uh, on Newsmakers because coming up next week is uh, National Library Week, and what a great opportunity that would be to visit the library and and get some uh, fun reading materials and and uh, start learning about uh, new things and and get something new to read. Uh, Heather uh, Schoonover is with us. Uh, Heather Heather Miller is with us from the Lacrosse Public Library. Jessica Schoonover from the Shirley Wright Memorial Library in Trempolo, and Maggie Strittmatter from the McIntosh Memorial Library in Viroqua. This is of course Newsmakers on Wisconsin. Wisconsin Public Radio. Let me tell you how you can stream uh, this conversation uh, again uh, if you missed it or revisit our shows from previous weeks. They're all on our website, which is wpr.org newsmakers. That's wpr.org newsmakers. We return in a moment here on Newsmakers from Wisconsin Public Radio. Public Radio. It's Newsmakers. I'm Ezra Wall in our lacrosse studio. Thanks very much for joining us this week. We're talking all about going to the library during National Library Week, which is next week. It starts on Sunday. So get over to your public library and uh, check out a book and uh, see what else is on offer there at the library. Joining us today uh, are Heather Miller, Maggie Strittmatter, and Jessica Schoonover. And I'm so pleased to have them here. I, I want to uh, talk about uh, the the role of libraries uh, as uh, sort of conveyors of, of information and that has been in the news a lot lately because our our philosophy about how free speech works and um, who should have access to what material uh, is is a, an important subject of discussion for a lot of people. And let me just preface this by saying we're, we're not going to solve that here today in in our conversation. It's not nearly long enough. but I'm but I'm interested in hearing from each of you. Uh, Jessica, let's start with you. Uh, I, I want to know like who decides uh, who decides what gets to be part of the collection at a local public library? Uh, and, uh, and, and like sort of how that decision-making process is made. This is something we are going to include. This is something we're not going to include. Yeah, it's, it's a complex process, um, to be very honest with you, Ezra. Um, each library has a collection development policy, um, and each library is governed by a library board. Um, so I think that's important that um, it is understood that there are guidelines and um, practices in place as we make decisions about our collection. So I know personally, um, I am the library director here. We are a small rural library. I am the full-time staff member, and then I have four part-time staff members. So the job of collection development falls on me. Um, some of the things that I do is I very carefully listen and pay attention to my community. Um, we are a small rural community of 1900 um, people in our village. I wanna make sure that I have the things that my community is looking for. Um, I wanna make sure that I have the things that um, meet their needs in terms of maybe um, where they are in their lives, what is happening in their situation, those types of things. But then I also wanna curate a collection of items that might 
be something that they didn't even think about. They didn't think that they needed that or they didn't think they were interested in that. Um, so that is very important to me. Um, there's a lot of different ways that I can look at the needs of my community. I can see what they're checking out in terms of um, topics. I can look and see how many holds are on certain items. And if I find in my community, boy, a lot of people are really asking for this new CJ box book. I wanna make sure that I have a copy or two in my collection. So sometimes it's based on just the the popularity of an item and you know you just have to get that to appease people and other times you're actually looking at where where are there like holes in the information that we have or or something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Yeah, because it is um it is very very important to make sure that my collection is balanced. Um, so if I am finding that I have individuals and and a large need for a certain topic, um I will make sure um, that I also provide opportunities for discovery on the opposite topic or um, something that is kind of surrounding that issue um, to make sure that my collection is balanced. When you come into my library, Ezra, as you look over my shelves, you should not know anything that I think personally about anything. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't know where I might stand on politics personally, where I might stand regarding religion personally. Um you shouldn't be able to tell that if I'm doing my job well. A lot of the conversation uh, uh, in sort of in the news, if you will, lately involves stuff that parents are concerned that their children might be able to find in a library. So, so Heather, what what about uh, parental concerns? Is that down to just if, if you have those concerns, you need to go to the library with your I say kids, but even up through like middle school or whatever, or are, are there things that are just not available for children to access or check out in the library? We absolutely stand opposed to censorship in any form. So, but we also do very much encourage parents to take that, that right upon themselves. So when they come in with their child, um, they can help choose the right book that's correct for their child. So we do believe that that's for every individual family to decide on their own. So we do encourage parents to come and be involved in choosing and selecting what type of resources that their children are checking out and taking home to view. Okay. Uh, Maggie, uh, I, you know, this might be another stereotype, but, uh, but uh, working, working in rural areas versus uh, in, in cities with like, uh, I don't know, uh, universities and, and, and whatever, like, do you find maybe that population is uh, a bit more surprised about uh, some of the information that, that kids come across in the library, or do you find people objecting to the material that their that their kids get, or is that is that not a big issue in Viroqua? We have been um, very fortunate here that our community is open-minded and recognizes that the library does everything in their power to uh, give the freedom to read and the freedom to view. Um, and we have not had those issues here yet. Um, I'm sure that there's always an opportunity, but we make sure that everybody has a voice and that we're we're listening uh, while also standing up to make sure that uh, everybody has the right to read the information that they desire. Uh, and so it's still making those things available. But again, uh, if parents are concerned, the best thing to do is come with, enjoy the library experience together and uh, utilize the libraries to help educate where things are in the library. How do you use the library? Where can you go if you're looking for resources? And then it falls on 
uh, the parent and the families or whoever to kind of guide in the direction that they um, see uh, they want their kids to go in. And speaking of parents and kids uh, using the library together and and going, I I know um, all of your libraries have programs for adults and children uh, that that I want to give you a chance to uh, talk about and promote. Let's start with let's start with kids uh, stuff first. Maggie uh, Maggie, we'll start with you in Viroqua. What are some of your popular offerings uh, for children that you want people to be aware of going on at the library? Yeah, we are very fortunate to have a wonderful um, youth director, uh, Lacey Sheldon, who has really dedicated a lot of her time to uh, all of these youth programs. Um, one of the weekly programs we have is our toddler story time, which of course is very popular, um, where you come and hear stories, do a little dance or a little activity. Um, and so that happens every week. But we've also been very fortunate to um, partner with the um, parenting place in La Crosse. They actually come up and provide a toddler program on Thursday as well, which has been very popular. So that's kind of the toddler age. Um, and then going off of or up from there. We our biggest uh, youth program is actually our after school program. Excuse me. Um, and that is for ages, well, roughly more of grades uh, one through four, where we do have a registration for that. And they get to come after school for the school year and basically have child care in a sense um, and play outside and get to learn the library and create friendships and all of that stuff. So we are very fortunate to work with our schools to have this after school program. Um, and Going up from there, we also love to provide teen programming, and we're fortunate enough now to have a youth services assistant to be able to create even more for those teens, whether it's virtual reality or uh, karaoke or uh, we do boba um, activities, uh, boba tea and like boba tea at the library. Boba tea at the library, which is my, really fun in Viroqua. <laughs> my 13-year-old niece is going to be right there, I swear. Yes, it was super popular last summer, and it'll come back this summer. Uh, and in June, it's dairy month, so it's going to be uh, boba, books, and way too cheesy, right? So it's going to be <laughs> super fun. Uh, you just get to hang out and have that safe space for teens here at uh, the library. So that is a very quick synopsis of all of the... Uh, uh, programs we have. And another exciting thing that we just started this year is actually we have a 4-H club now at the library. Oh, cool. Yeah, library lenders. So they are, they started, I believe, in February. Uh, so we're just getting started, but they have loved being a part of the community. Nice. Heather, what about in lacrosse? I'm I'm interested. Uh, I, I know you have many programs for people of, of all kinds of ages. But for for uh, kind of school aged people, what's going on in in the various branches of the Lacrosse Public Library? Sure. Well, just like Viroqua and all of our libraries, we have story times for all ages. Um, we have a special story time on Saturdays. That's for families, so literally all ages. And then we have specific baby and toddler story times. Uh, we do have an after school club at our North Branch. Um, we have special monthly events and clubs for. Uh, tweens and teens, such as our Dungeons and Dragons Club. Um, so we've got lots of great opportunities 
at the library here. And then for actually for all ages, we have a new resource at our library. It's called the Creation Space, where we invite um, everyone to come into the library and create to craft and collaborate together. So we have a variety of resources from sewing machines to 3D printers to kind of your more traditional knitting, painting, canvases, stamps, card making. You think of it, we offer it in our creation space. So it's just a wonderful place for all ages to come together and kind of share and collaborate and learn from one another. So we're very glad to offer that here at the La Crosse Public Library. How long have you had that creation space? I, ha I hadn't heard about that before. Yeah, it's fairly new. We launched, I believe it was in November of last year. So it's still a fairly new resource in the community. So we're happy to let folks know about it and invite anyone to come in and check it out. That sounds interesting. Jessica, how about Trempolo? Tell me about uh, about uh, the programming for the the little, well, not just little ones, but, you know, anybody younger than college is a little one to me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, here at the Trumpville Library, um, I have to put on the hat of um, children's librarian and teen librarian and adult librarian. Um, that's just what happens here at many of our small rural libraries throughout yeah. the state of Wisconsin. Um, so uh, I think some of the things that were already shared, you know, we love to share our ideas across libraries. We borrow from each other just as much as we um, lend and borrow books to people. Um, so we, of course, have our story time every Friday at 10 o'clock at the library. We do that year round, and that's really important to us. Um, even during the summer, I know some libraries might take a break because that's just what they need to do. Um, but we really think it's important for our families to have that very consistent every Friday at 10 o'clock. I can go to the library. Um, I can learn, I can move, I can uh, learn sign language, I can read books and listen to books. And I mean, it's a wonderful time for 30 minutes. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I think we often forget about is how important that time is, certainly for the kids, but for the parents. You know, um, some, you know, some of these individuals who are at home taking care of children, whether they're parents or grandparents or um, babysitters, they need to interact with other adults. Um, they need to have a place where they can safely make friendships with one another. And we provide that. Um, we love Legos at the Trumplow Public Library. So we have our after school Lego club. Um, we also recently started, Heather, and I will have to tug your ear a little bit so I can learn a little bit more about your program, but we started a um, a role-playing tabletop game um, that we're doing with our teens, um, which is great because, you know, it's, it is hard to get teens in our community to um, interact with us a whole lot at the library. Um, so we're working hard in that regard. It's got to be interesting um, as, I mean, t being a teenager is hard anyway. Um, and, and is a really challenging time for most people, I, th I think. And also, you know, they're busy at school. They've got stuff going on there. And, uh, and having the, there's that period of time when you're a small child where there's obvious reasons to be connected to the local public library. And then as you pass college when you're an adult, obviously there's, you know, the library is my library. Like I don't have a school library or anyth anything else. If I want something, I, I go to the library. Um, so... So what, what uh, Jessica, you talked about the challenge of, of reaching out to, to teens. What have you found that, that works for you in that area? 
It's a challenge, Ezra. It really is. And I try not to take it personally because, um, <laughs> you know, I, I put my heart and soul into the work that I do here. Yeah. So um, but it is a challenge. And I think, you know, when the kiddos are little, they're being driven to the library. They're brought here for the great things that we have. When teens can drive themselves, it, it's understandable that they might not decide to come to the library, but we keep working on it. Um, yeah. Some things that have worked in the past is um, getting teens involved in the planning. So um, creating a, a, a teen club or a advisory council where they can make plans as to what should we do this year with your friends at the library. Um, that is very successful and helpful. You know, sometimes it's hard to find those kids that are willing to be on that advisory committee, but it does help a lot to give them a little bit of skin in the game in the decision making. We're talking about uh, libraries here on Newsmakers ahead of National Library Week, which is next week. If you'd like to get in touch with our program today or any other time, you can always email me, newsmakers at WPR.org. That's newsmakers at WPR.org. Our conversation continues. This is Newsmakers from Wisconsin Public Radio. Wisconsin Public Radio, it's Newsmakers. I'm Ezra Wall uh, on the campus of UW-La Crosse, where our Southwest Wisconsin studios are located. Thanks for joining us today for our conversation uh, with three of our local libraries. Uh, we have Heather Miller, who's the Adult Programming and Volunteer Coordinator with the La Crosse Public Library. We have Jessica Schoonover, who's the Director of the Shirley M. Wright Memorial Library in Trempolo. And we have Maggie Strittmatter, who's the Adult Programming and Outreach uh, person at the McIntosh Memorial Library in Viroqua. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, tell people how they can reach out to each of your libraries uh, now. Whether the best way is, I mean, I know the best way is just stop by and and go through the door and start looking around. But if people want to uh, look for something uh, on your website or find a, another way to reach out, uh, uh, Maggie, let's start with with uh, you in Viroqua. What's the best way to reach out to Macintosh Memorial Library? Yeah, like you said, Ezra, uh, stopping in is always best. We love to have that personal conversation. However, if that's just not possible, there are several ways. Um, everybody here loves to help out and get to where people need to go. So giving us a call works just fine. Um, and we're at 608 637-7151. And if you're looking to talk to, let's say me in particular, uh, my extension's right on there, extension seven. So that is definitely a way to get a hold of us. Um, I personally love email because then I can get that wherever I'm at because I'm usually bouncing around mm -hmm. everywhere. Um, so I'm not always at my desk, but I can see emails pop up and get back to you. Uh, so there's always that aspect too. But our website is actually also very informative. Our website is macintoshmemoriallibrary.org. And that is actually where we have access to our online catalog. You can put your library card information in and log into your account. So if you need to see if something was um, coming up for renewal or if you wanted to renew something, you can definitely do it right there online. Um, all of our digital resources are right on our website as well, um, including Canopy, which is a streaming service we actually provide here now. I love um, that so much. Yes. And I've heard good reviews about it. We just started it this year. Oh, it's um, so great. 
Yeah. And I've heard really good things, especially if you like documentaries. Um, and so all of that information is on there as well. But um, as with, I'm sure most libraries here, we're also on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we do utilize that to share the programs we've got going on, to share the good news that we have going on. Um, and you're always able to contact us through that as well. Sounds good. Jessica, what about what about uh, Trempolo? What's the website or any other uh, pertinent uh, outreach methods that people need to know about? Sure. Our website is swmlibrary.org. Um, and that stands for Shirley Wright Memorial Library. Um, you can call us as well. Um, we, we care about talking to you and getting um, that information as quickly as possible. So we know sometimes that is the best. And our number is 608 534 6197. Um, on our uh, social media pages, um, we work really hard to get you information in terms of what is happening. Um, one thing that we have found to be so popular on our social media pages is a program called A Thousand Books Before Kindergarten, where kiddos are working to um, build their reading skills before they even enter kindergarten. And each time they come to the library to put a sticker on our wall, they get their picture taken if it's okay with their adults to go on our social media page. And that has been such a positive way to build community. Um, I've got seniors and adults commenting on, oh, how wonderful that this child has read 700 books on their way to 1,000. Um, so you'll be able to find all of that through our social media pages as well. That's great. A thousand books before kindergarten. It seems like a lot, but like the way kids devour books, it's just it's, yep. Really it seems fantastic. like a lot, but boy, it's yeah, it's so doable and it's so fun. That's a great idea. I love it. Heather, tell me about uh, about uh, getting in touch with the Lacrosse Public Library. I know I know there's a website, and I know there are tons of other ways. Absolutely, yes. You can reach us at lacrosselibrary.org. We have all of our program information, way for you to stay up to date with our newsletter. Our catalog is accessible there, our digital library. Um, if you prefer remote interaction, we have a chat feature on our website, so you can just send us a question on the chat feature and we'll respond right back. Uh, if you prefer to call us, our number is 789-71000. And we are also on all social media platforms, but again, the best way to find out what's going on at the library is to just stop on by. We have wonderful smiling faces at all of our service desks that are happy to share what's going on and give you even a tour around the library. If you haven't been in the library for a while, we are happy to escort you through the building, point out all the special things that we have that you might not be aware of, such as our house plant propagation station, our creation space, um, our friends of the library bookshop, and just kind of give you for a personalized tour so you can find out everything that's happening here at the library. I, I want to put each of you uh, each of you on the spot, but I think it's in a fun way. So don't don't get worried or anything. Uh, I'm interested to know what, if you, if you can remember the first thing you ever checked out of the library or, or like, what is the first thing that you do remember checking out at the library? Heather, let's start with you. Oh, I don't know about the first thing, but I remember one of my favorite things from childhood was definitely Roald Dahl's Matilda. That one definitely sticks with me. That was an amazing book. What, at what, uh, what age were you when you were discovering Roald Dahl? Oh, probably early elementary. Okay. What what was it about Matilda that uh, was particularly meaningful for you? I also shared her passion for just devouring literature and just kind of all the special skills that she had. And I loved his kind of just canny wittiness to the characters. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful story. 
That sounds like fun. Jessica, what about you? What do you remember what you uh, what you loved at first checking out of the library? I loved everything about libraries when I was little. I loved the stamps. I loved the card catalog. I loved um, just having access to all of these materials that, that I didn't have at home. But I do remember checking out a book called Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, okay. um, which is recently just being made into a movie. It's coming out, I think, next week. I think on Friday of National Library Week, um, it is coming out. So um, that is a book that I remember checking out 100%, many times, actually, many times. And what about, what about that book uh, really resonated with you? Yeah, so um, Margaret is a young girl who's going through some changes in her life and her um, her body, and she's trying to figure out um, how this all works. And she sees others that are growing up, and she wants to grow up at the same speed that they are. And as we all know, that's not how it works. Yeah, we we grow up at our way. own speed. What's that? I said it doesn't work out that way, does it? It doesn't work out that way. So it was just, it's such an endearing book. And um, I recently reread it um, just as an adult because I, you know, as my young self, things seem different to you as a young person. And it really held up well. And I'm really excited to see the movie. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Maggie, what about you? What, what, what was, uh, what was one of the, one of the early things that you remember checking out from the library? You know, I was one of those kids that was such an avid reader. My parents couldn't keep up. So I'm not sure I've got an exactly like one book that really stands out. I, I have so many memories. I actually grew up uh, roughly in the West Salem lacrosse area. So I remember the children's section in the lacrosse public library and mm -hmm. the big boat and having those experiences. And I remember um, there was a book that you also came with a CD and it was talking about bees and a giant sandwich. And for whatever reason, that stuck with me um, <laughs> for whatever reason, because I'm also kind of afraid of bees. So I'm not sure why. Um, I think it's called the giant jam sandwich. Yes, exactly. It's Thank giant you. Jam I'm like, I can picture it. I just couldn't. Jessica, your your audio cut out there in the Zoom for a second. Tell, to say the title of that book again. It's called The Giant Jam Sandwich. And it was a very popular book. Um, my kids loved it. We have a copy at home. Yeah, growing up with that, I know that when I was a kid, the West Salem Public Library had puppets that you could check out. And I remember loving all of that as well. But um as I've gotten older, I definitely um, use the library for reading more for pleasure, and I like to read uh, fantasy. So uh, it's been just amazing to be able to explore um, all these different kinds of books and, and what fits with me. I, I, I want to talk about um, about the library as a point of, of, of access for people who might not like like I, I have a good job and if I want books, I just go buy them and, and keep them at home. Um, but the library is really for a lot of people, the main place where they access, if, if they don't currently know something, that's where they go to learn about it. Talk about what the role of, of libraries is now in, in 2023. I don't know who wants to tackle that big question. Uh, let's start with Maggie. Yeah, um, I, I think especially um, the Macintosh Memorial Library's experience being a little bit more rural. Um, we're in Vernon County, and even we're actually one of the biggest cities in 
Vernon County, even though we're only at 4,500. Um, so we do tend to be the space where people go for resources. Um, and being rural, a lot of people honestly still don't have internet at their house for whatever reason, or they don't have a computer or things like that. And so we do become that space because we offer, of course, the free Wi-Fi. Um, and we also have laptops that people can um, access to be able to do what they need to do online because our world tends to be more and more online. And there's really not a lot of barriers that um, we try to keep it very low barrier for people to be able to come and utilize a laptop. Um, we ask for, you know, if you've got a library card, then it's easy peasy. If you don't, that's okay. Um, we do ask for an ID just to make sure that the computer gets returned. But mm -hmm. other than that, you're free to access um, what you need. Um, and perhaps that also is a printer. And that's what we're able to offer for that. Um, other aspects is even just our library space in general. We're here if you need heat. We're here if you need AC. We're here if you just need to get out of the weather or anything or to come and have that safe space. So there's really many aspects that the library um, is able to be the resource for everyone. Jessica, from your perspective, what is the what is the current role of libraries in 2023? You know, it's funny that you should ask that. I recently had the opportunity to speak to, I actually didn't do the speaking, but I was standing with those who were speaking um, to uh, some of our legislators um, over the last few weeks. And the person um, who was speaking, her name is um, Jill Mark Mark Graff, excuse me, and she's the director of libraries at UW-Eau Claire, and she gave a fantastic analogy that I thought I would share with you. Um, she was ta talking to the lawmakers about their trip and in, and, and maybe they encountered a few potholes or two, um, and she didn't want to talk about the condition of Wisconsin roads, but she wanted to talk about libraries, but she shared how they have something in common, and it's this, that libraries are the services that look for the holes in our social fabric and fills them. So we provide services that are nice for some, but they're necessities for other others. And I think Maggie really touched on that beautifully that you know, no matter what your station in life, no matter what your needs are, we are trying to look for those holes and we're trying to fill them with our services. And it's a, I appreciate National Library Week because it really is an opportunity for people to come in and find out what is available to them. You know, not everybody is a reader, Ezra. And so, um, you know, we can't just be about reading. Reading is really important and, and that's, we love that. But there's more here than that. If you're not a reader, um, I wonder if you would be interested in watching something. I wonder if you would be interested in bringing home our bird watching kit that you can check out and use for three weeks. I wonder if you're struggling with seasonal depression and maybe our light therapy lamp would be helpful for you. You know, it just, it's giving people the opportunity to utilize services that fill in those holes that might be lacking for them and and we can we can fill that for them and help them out. I really love that uh, that analogy. Thanks for sharing that. 
Um, Heather, what about uh, what about you? When you think of the role of libraries in 2023, what comes to mind? Yeah, just to kind of echo what Jessica was saying and to also share the theme of this year's National Library Week, it's there's more to the story. And that is just it uh, at, at the La Crosse Public Library and all libraries across the country. Um, we're so much more than the traditional library that you kind of mentioned, uh, maybe growing up with where you're shushing and only here for books. We are a third space in the community. So, you know, we have your traditional, your, your workplace and your home place. We're the third space where you can come. We're one of the very few remaining organizations where there's no expectation of money being transacted. You can be in our space. You can use all of our resources for free. You can stay here as long as you want. We've got Wi-Fi, as Maggie mentioned. We've got, you know, uh, heating on cold days and air on cool days. And we're just here to support you in any way that you might need and provide that place of connection in our community. And to just kind of also elaborate, um, again, to there being more to the story, if you haven't been to your local library in a while, I would highly suggest you go and just explore all there is to offer. Um, a new trend that libraries and the La Crosse Public Library as well are partaking in is expanding our collections and offering what's now called a library of things. So um, outside of those traditional resources of books or movies, we're now offering things like a sewing machine or the La Crosse Public Library is about to launch our tool library. So, you know, if you need to borrow a pressure washer or to, you know, do home repair items, things like that, we'll have all those items available for free with just your library card. You can gain access to those. That sounds amazing. And th that is, is really neat. I, I want to thank each of you for uh, coming here today. We've been talking about looking ahead toward the National Library Week, but really celebrating what libraries offer in our communities and the important role that they play uh, in, in the fabric of our society. So Jessica Schoonover, the Library Director at the Shirley M. Wright Memorial Library in Trempolo, thank you very much for being here today. And Thank you. Certainly. And Maggie Strittmatter, adult programming and outreach uh, person at the McIntosh Memorial Library in Viroqua. Thank you very much. Thank you. Heather Miller is the adult programming and volunteer coordinator at the La Crosse Public Library. Heather, thanks for being on Newsmakers today. Thanks for having us, and hopefully we'll see you all soon at your local library. For sure. Of course, this is Newsmakers from Wisconsin Public Radio. I'm Ezra Wall. Our producer is uh, Kate Spranger, and I appreciate her help very much. There are a couple of opportunities to hear our show every week. We're on Friday morning at 10 on the Ideas Network 90.3. We're on Friday night at 7 on NPR News and Music 88.9. And, of course, we're always online at wpr.org newsmakers. Join us again next time for another Newsmakers right here on Wisconsin Public Radio.